Well, I wanted to bring you a little something tonight. Uh, I think I think we all need to kind of stop sometimes and just kind of think about what Jesus told his disciples. And uh, if we will stop and think what Jesus told his disciples, he was also telling us. So when he was telling his disciples certain things, he was also telling it to them so that we would know it. So when we read God's word, we can just look at that as God speaking to us just like he did his disciples. And uh, here in the book of Matthew, I'm going to be in chapter 16. It's not, it's, this is not long, but this is just something that I think, if anything, it ought to boost us in our thoughts and in our relationship with God, knowing how much he cares about us. <clears throat> but I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to start in verse 13. Jesus and his disciples were coming back, and they were coming through a little town called Caesarea Philippi. And uh, he was working his way back to Jerusalem. It was just almost time for Christ to go to the cross. And he was, he was coming back, but there were some things that he needed to talk to his disciples about and tell them. You know, Jesus, it seemed like every time that he was out, he was just always had so many people around him and pushing against him and wanting this, wanting that. They had needs. And, of course, Jesus was going to meet those needs. He was going to take care of those people. But there was also times that he just needed to get his disciples alone and talk to them to let them know about some things. And this is kind of what, what uh, Jesus was doing now. He was wanting to get his disciples off to their cells because he had something he needed to talk to them about. And in this here is the first time that the church is mentioned in the New Testament. And, uh, but Jesus is telling his, his uh, disciples that uh, he's going to build his church. He didn't say anything about he's going to build man's church. Man was going to be in charge. It was my church. And that's what we have to understand. He's not talking about this physical building. He's talking about you and me. The people, we are the church. We belong to Jesus Christ. He is watching over us. And this is what he's kind of explaining to the disciples. He says, the time is coming, that my time is almost here, and I'm going to have to leave. In other words, he's talking about being, you know, his crucifixion and all that, and then he would be gone. And uh, but same, some things were going to take place, and he needed his disciples to understand what was going to happen. <clears throat> and here in Matthew 16, verse uh, 13, it says, And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do, this men, who do men say that I, the Son of Men, are? Who do they say I am? And uh, Jesus was asked his, his disciples this question. He was talking about people in general. He was talking about the, the oh, we'll just put it like this. He's talking about the lower class, the peasants. He was talking about the kings and the princes. He's talking about the royalty. He was just talking about uh, the rich, the poor, the people that were learned, the people that were unlearned. He says, what do they think about me? Who do they say that I am? <clears throat> And uh, I think Jesus really knew, but here he was getting to a point 
that he was going to be asking his, his uh, disciples a very important question. And, uh, but anyway, here in 14, it said, And the disciples said, Well, Jesus, some say you are John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah. And then others say you're just one of the prophets. You know, the interesting thing about Jesus, then as now, he was a mystery. Many people did not understand who Jesus was. They could not figure him out. He would, they'd say, well, he says he's the son of God. And then, but he's a great prophet. He's a great teacher. You know, and many people would wonder, who is this Jesus? Is he really the son of God or is he just a prophet? And, <clears throat> But, you know, these people never denied the miracles that they saw Jesus do. And uh, they never really, other than the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they never really questioned him on his teaching. And the, and, the, and the Sadducees and Pharisees only did it to try to trap him, and they were never, ever able to trap Jesus in any of his statements or anything that he said. He usually turned the tables on them. And... Uh, <clears throat> but they never denied his miracles. And if you will thought, think about something, even King Herod, he believed Jesus was John the Baptist that, that had come back from the dead after he'd had his head cut off. Even though Herod wasn't sure about this Jesus. And uh, <clears throat> some people even thought he might be Malachi. I mean, not Malachi, excuse me. Uh, he thought it might be Elijah, like they said a while ago. Because in the book of Malachi, there was a promise. And it said in Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, <clears throat> Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Many thought that Jesus was Elijah. Coming back, that it was time for the second coming or not just a second coming, but they thought it was time for the judgment. They'd heard about the judgment and heard about the judgment, but they thought it was getting awful close, and maybe Jesus was Elijah, because they said, I will send him back before that great and dreadful day of the Lord. <clears throat> but many people did not realize who Jesus truly was, just as many people today don't realize who Jesus really is. You've got a lot of people out there, and it would surprise you, that don't know who Jesus is. They say, well, is he a teacher? Is he a prophet? Sound like what these people hear. They do not realize or believe that he's the Son of God. Many people don't even believe in God, much less the Son of God that came down to save us from our sins. And uh, But many people today, like I said, don't realize that who Jesus is. But there's a day coming when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Whether they want to or not, they're going to confess him. They're going to have to confess him. That's what the Bible says. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And uh, you're going to have many atheists that's going to eat, eat a bunch of words. You're going to have a lot of unbelievers eat a bunch of words. Why did I not believe? Why did I not believe that, that, that God existed? Why did I not believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God? If I had just believed, 
I wouldn't be in the shape I'm in now. And they're talking about as they're standing before the judgment seat of Christ. I mean, it's the, the, the great white throne judgment. And, and saying that, <clears throat> many people thought that it would be God himself sitting on that throne. It will be Jesus Christ. Even in the Bible, Jesus says, for all, for God has put all judgment, has given all judgment unto me. Jesus is going to be the judge. He's going to judge us. Not, not us Christians, but he's going to judge the world and those that are living in the world. And there's going to be a lot of tears shed. There's going to be just so much pain and agony. And it's when Jesus opens up that Lamb's book of life and their name's not in there. It says if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you will not be in heaven. So that's one thing we want to make sure we do is have our name in the Lamb's book of life. And uh, the thing about it is, many people say, you mean there is really a book? The Bible says there is. They said it's the judgment seat. He opened the book. He opened the book and the book. There was two different books. There's the book of uh, records of what we said, what we did, how we acted, our beliefs. And then there's the Lamb's book of life that said that you believe in Jesus Christ. That's, that's the book your name wants to be in. He said, well, if you believe in the Lamb's book of life, I mean, if you believe in Jesus Christ, your name is in the Lamb's book of life, you have eternal life. And he just made that very clear to us. <clears throat> and then here in Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said unto them, his disciples, Okay, you've told me who people, who men say I am. Whom do you say that I am? See, Jesus was even beginning to question his disciples. Whom do you say I am? There was a lot of doubt at times between the disciples. Is this really the Son of God? We all remember when the storm came, they was going across the sea, and he calmed the, and he calmed the storm. What did some of the disciples say? He truly must be the Son of God to be able to do what he did. See, they was even doubting him until he calmed the storm. But then you get to thinking about it. Many of them saw him raise, you know, raise the dead back to life. They saw all the healings that he done. He saw, they saw him open blind eyes, open deaf ears, the cripple walk. There were so many things that he did. But yet, they still have doubts. Why? Because of the world. The world was telling them, don't believe it. It's not going to happen. The Bible says it's going to happen. So the best thing we, we can do is believe in Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. He came to this earth. He died on that cross for the forgiveness of our sins. He was resurrected. Now he sits at the right hand of God in heaven. If you can believe that in your heart, God says you have eternal life. You have it. And uh, <clears throat> But Jesus asked them, who do you say I am? And that's also the question that we are going to have to answer. Whom do you say that Jesus is? Somebody come up to you and ask you, what would you tell them? Can you tell them about Jesus? Can you tell them who he really is, why he came, how he died, that he was resurrected? For what? For the forgiveness of our sins so that we can have eternal life.
But we need to have an answer because you're going to have people, if you ever witness, you're going to have people ask you questions. And don't be ashamed or afraid to tell if they ask you something that you don't know. Say, hey, let me check on this and I will call you back and I will give you your answer. They need an answer or they wouldn't have asked you. They wouldn't have brought it up. It's something they didn't know. Never make fun of anybody because they ask you a question. If they, hadn't, if they didn't ask you, that means they didn't know. And you could be the one to put that light in them that they know, and as they get to studying and believing, they can become a believer on the account that you didn't ignore them. You answered their question. You was there for them. <clears throat> and Jesus asked his, his disciples, because he wanted to see what they believed about him. And Jesus was saying, I know what the world thinks, but what do you, my disciples, believe? Jesus was asking them, do you really, truly believe that I am the Son of God? He wanted their answer. And of course, good old, good old Simon Peter, right there, he gave the right answer. He gave the answer that every one of us should give if we are asked, who is Jesus? Listen here in verse 6, in chapter 16, verse 16. <clears throat> and Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Now, living God is an Old Testament word, <clears throat> excuse me, for Jehovah. And if you think about something, they were still living under the law until Jesus Christ died on that cross and removed the law. So they were still quoting things from the Old Testament. You are the living God, which simply was another word for you are Jehovah. You are Jehovah God, the one, the only God. And that was the answer that we need to give. <clears throat> and uh, so the answer that Peter gave was the correct answer. Peter was actually, what I wrote this down because I, as I was reading this, he said, Peter was saying, you are the anointed one, the only son and savior of the world. You are the everlasting life. That was what Peter was saying. He knew who God was. And two, I love this. He's in, right here in, six, in, six, in uh, verse 16. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood man has not revealed this unto you. Man didn't tell you this, but my Father which is in heaven. God quickened into Peter's spirit who? Jesus was. He told Peter what to say. He told Peter the correct answer. And uh, God the Father, really, you're talking about, he opened Peter's eyes as to who Jesus truly was. Just as he opens our eyes to who he truly is. You know, it says that we cannot come to God unless we are drawn. Who draws you? God himself draws you to him. God makes you hungry for him. 
God quickens things into you to make you wonder and ask questions about him. And there should be some of us out there that can answer these questions. If we should be able to turn others to Christ. That's what these disciples were going to have to do. They had to have the answers. They had to know who Jesus was. They had to be able to tell people, he is the son of the living God. He is the Christ. You know, you know what Christ means? Christ means anointed one. That's what Christ means. That's not Jesus' last name. Christ means the anointed one, the one from God that God is going to use mightily. Jesus Christ, or Jesus, the anointed one that God sent to this earth to change us and our minds to tell us who God was and that we need to receive God into our heart into our spirit and if we will believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ we shall have eternal life that's what we're to tell people and the, the answers really are very simple we try to make them hard but what's hard about what I just said what's hard about telling somebody about who Jesus is and if we will believe we can have eternal life all we have to do, too, is revert back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. For whosoever should believe upon him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's really kind of what we just said. That's what, John 16 is probably one of the most quoted scriptures in the whole Bible. Most people will know John 3.16, or they've heard of it. And all we have to do is remind them what Jesus said. Have y'all ever looked at that John 3.16? Did y'all know that John 3.16 is written in red? That's Jesus speaking. He's the one that was saying, so if you would believe upon me, and believe I'm truly the Son of God, you shall have eternal life, and you shall not perish. That's what Jesus was telling us. And, uh, <clears throat> but see, flesh and blood did not reveal unto Peter who Jesus truly is. He didn't, man didn't tell him. God the Father in heaven quickened it to Peter's heart. Do y'all know what quicken means? I think I've told you before. Quicken means to make alive. He made that word alive in Peter when he talked to Peter. Peter was able to do things, say things that he never would or never could do if he didn't have Jesus Christ in his life. Oh, Peter messed up. We all know it. But you know, Jesus told him he was going to mess up. Peter told Jesus, he said, Lord, a lot of these people may leave you. They may desert you. But I'll never leave you. I will die for you. Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him. He knew that Peter was going to not speak up. Remember, Jesus said, Peter, Peter, you will deny me before the cock crows three times. And that's exactly what Peter did. In the temple when Peter was denying Jesus, Peter denied him. And just a, few, just a little bit later, 
the cock crowed three times. They heard that rooster. Three times. Just like, just like what Jesus said. Jesus knew he was going to be. See, we, can, we have to give Peter, I guess, some credit there because Peter was trying to do this in the flesh. He said, my Lord, I'll serve you. I'll, I'll never leave you. But see, the Holy Spirit had not come yet. Peter wasn't full of the Holy Spirit. Peter was trying to do everything in the flesh. But when that Holy Spirit came, Peter's whole life turned around. When that Holy Spirit come up on Peter, the first sermon Peter ever preached, 3,000 people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does inside of you. He quickens things to us that we can talk and tell others about who Jesus is. But in order for you to tell some other people who Jesus is, you've got to know something about him. Read your Bible. It's very important that we get into our Bibles, we read them, we get this down in our heart, and then when it's time for it to come out of us, the Holy Spirit makes it alive inside of you and you start telling others about it that you didn't even think you would remember it. Believe me, it happens. And here in Matthew, I'm about, to, about finished up here, so here in Matthew 16, 18, verse 18, Jesus says, <clears throat> I say unto you that you, Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, people have misunderstood this. They were thinking, you mean Peter is going to build the church? Jesus said he's going to build it up on, on Peter the rock. No. Man, you cannot build a church on man. Do y'all realize what Jesus was saying? I will build my church upon the confession of Peter who he said, I am, I am the son of the living God. That's where the church is going to be built, through Jesus Christ, not man. And like I said before, the church is us, inside the church. This is just a building. You are the church. You are God's pride and joy. He is putting his spirit in you. He wants you to learn more and more about him, and he wants you to tell others about him. He said, I will build my church. And then I like this right here, and we need to get this into our spirit. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. He's saying, now notice, he said, they shall not prevail. They're not going to win. Now he did not say that, that the gates of hell would not come against us because it does it constantly. But when you have Jesus Christ in your heart, the devil cannot win because Jesus said he will not prevail over my church. That's you. Sometimes we go through trials and we go through tribulation. And Jesus also told me we would go through, told us that we would go through trials and tribulation. He said, I went through them, you're going to go through them. But you won't go through them alone. Because I will go through them with you. I will be your God. I will help you go through whatever it is that comes against you. I know some of you have had some things come against you, and I know for a fact you know that it was God that brought you through it. God, that's, Satan didn't prevail against you. Why? Because Christ was with you, living on the inside of you. That's why the devil couldn't touch you. That's why he couldn't take you out. 
And he came until God's ready for you to come home. You know, church, you know what church means? Church simply means the assembly. Us, assembling together to worship God. We are the assembly. That's what church means, the assembly. And it says not to forsake the assembling of others together. We're to lift each other up. We're to encourage each other. We're to pray for each other. We're here for each other. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. And that's what God wants it to be. If you're here for each other, to encourage each other when we're going through things. I know I've been with some of y'all, and we've been in hospitals, and we've been at funerals, and we've been here, and we've been there. But I was there to encourage you, to tell you, don't worry about it. God's in control. God's got this. And that's what we should be doing for others. Let them know, hey, don't worry about it. God's in control. He's got it. Jesus promised that the gates of hell would not prevail against his church. And like I said, Jesus never said that they wouldn't come against us, but they will not win. They will not win. If you are full of God, you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're full of faith, Satan cannot touch you. He can't touch you. He's going to have to go through the blood of Jesus to get to you. It was Jesus' death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection that defeated the works of hell. That's what defeated hell. Satan has already lost the battle. The battle's lost. Satan's lost it. <clears throat> and the thing about it is now all we're doing is waiting for God to send Satan to the pit for all eternity. We're just waiting for him to finish up with Satan's punishment and for him to say, well done, good and faithful people. Your mansion's ready in heaven. I'm coming back for you. And they start listening for the horn. Start listening for that trumpet. Because that trumpet's going to sound. Jesus is going to come. And we are going to rise up out of here. And we're going to heaven. So just know. But when Jesus was telling these disciples these things, he knew they was going to go through problems. Disciples had a lot of problems, a lot of things coming against them. But they completed the work that Jesus gave them to do. Just like Jesus completed the work the Father gave him to do. Y'all realize whenever Jesus was on that cross, he said, Father, it is finished. He wasn't saying, okay, I can get out of here. now." No, he said, Father, I have completed everything that you had sent me to do. The church is ready. Are you ready? Jesus is coming back. And when he does, we're out of here. We're home. So, but I just wanted to bring this to you to be ready because each day is just a little bit closer to going home. Each day is just a little bit closer to going home. I know there's many people out there right now are ready to go home. Some of the stuff they've been through, they say, I'd much rather be home with Jesus. I'd much rather be absent from this body and present with the Lord. 
Today's going to be a homecoming. Today's going to be something else. Just think about all the loved ones that you've got. They're in heaven right now. They're going to be sitting there waiting when you walk through those gates, clapping, hollering, cheering. Oh, I'm glad you made it. You know. Yeah, it's going to be a reunion. It's going to be a great time. So there's a lot of people worried and fret over death. If you know Jesus Christ, death is just the beginning. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you're encouraging us to, to tell others about you. To, Lord, just to lift your name up to others that they know for sure who you are. You truly are the son of the living God. You've come to save us, Lord. You've come to give us eternal life. Lord, you came to satisfy the Father. Father cannot look upon sin. So, Lord, you came. You said, Father, put the world's sin upon me and forgive those that are there that will receive me. And that's exactly what God did. He sent his son. He died on that cross. He bore our sins. And when Jesus died on that cross, all those sins you had that Jesus bore, they died too. They are no more. You'll never hear about them again. God will never bring them up. So, Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for watching over us. Lord, thank you for blessing our church. Thank you for everything you do. And, Father, we give you praise and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And we pray these things in his name. Amen.